0: Good morning, International Christian Fellowship, Rome, Italy, online, on campus. It's Pastor Jennifer here. It's summer and God is doing new things. It's a new season. And so today I want to say welcome. Welcome to the family. We love that so many have joined us online and now we're seeing them join us on campus. So I invite you today to lean into worship, to lean into the ministry of the word. For those of you that are traveling and you're working or you're on holiday, we don't go on holiday from Jesus. He's with us always. He's as close as the mention of his name. So as you enter into worship, I pray that you have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for joining us and know that the Lord has a great word for you today.
1: Good morning. Oh, it is good to see you again. April and I love coming here. We love seeing you. We feel like we're at home when we're at ICF Rome. It's so good to see so many faces again that we've seen through the years. Thank you, Pastor Jennifer, for this opportunity. We don't take this lightly, and we thank you so much for the invitation and for being part of it. Also, thank you to this great team. You guys treat us so well. And for the worship team, can we give it up for the worship team this morning? Yeah. No, I, I love the song. Well, I, I told them before service that uh, that was, it was a, just a great worship set and that I might run around a building. But the last song, Firm Foundation, that does something to me. How about you? That Jesus is our firm foundation. So the question is, why would he fail us now? And the answer is, oh, come on. You can do better than that. Why would he fail us now? Oh, say it like it made it. Why will he fail us now? He won't. He won't. Praise God. Give me praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. You should have hopefully picked up a communion cup with a wafer on top. When you came in, if you did not, but you would like to receive communion with us this morning, just raise your hand, and one of the team members will bring it to you. Uh, but if you will take uh, take that communion cup in hand, go ahead and peel it back, take the wafer out. I'm struggling with that part. I got it. April's ready to help me. I have uh, 10 thumbs. She knows I have 10 thumbs. Uh. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that the Lord revealed to him that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take and eat for this is my body, which is broken or given for you. I want to remind us today that no one took Jesus's life, that Jesus laid it down willingly. Why would he do that? He did that because He loves us so much that He offered Himself and that He gave Himself so that we could walk in relationship with Him. So today, we remember what He did for us, that He bore the stripes, that He hung on the cross so that we could have relationship with Him. Will you take the wafer and will you lift it? Lord, we thank You for Your love for us. Lord, we're overwhelmed by the truth that you gave your life for us. You love us so much that you were willing to lay down your life so that we could know you and you could know us. Today, we thank you and we remember. Today, we bless you. We ask you now, Lord, help us to receive this in honor of you. It's in your name we pray, Amen. May take the wafer. Paul continues to write that after supper Jesus took the cup and he told them, "This is my blood, which is shed for you. For without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no remission or forgiveness of sins." John the Baptist early in Jesus' ministry, looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. But we know, according to the Bible, that Jesus was the Lamb of God long before John the Baptist identified him. Because the Bible tells us that before the foundation of the world, the Lamb was already slain. Jesus knew that at the moment that Adam and Eve fell in the garden, that he was coming to save us and then it would be paid for by his blood, will you lift the cup? Jesus, we thank you for your blood, the blood of the perfect lamb of God without sin. Lord, we thank you that you bore the stripes and you shed your blood so that we could be healed, that we could be spiritually healed, we could be physically healed. We could be emotionally healed, Lord. We thank you. For within the redemption process, oh God, there is healing for the complete person. We thank you for it. This day we remember. We praise you. We worship you for you are the Lamb. You are the Lamb of God who takes away our sins today. We thank you in Jesus' name amen you may take the cup can you just worship him for a moment right there where you are come on let's praise him hallelujah we give you glory and honor we thank you lord for your blessings and your goodness we thank you lord that you loved us so much that you didn't leave us but that you came and you paid the price The price that we owed that we could not pay, you didn't know it and you paid it for us. And we thank you, oh Lord. We bless you, oh Lord. You are worthy of all glory, power, and praise. You are worthy and we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe that folks will come by and collect those cups if you want to pass them to the edges. I'm going to come around with a basket and you can drop those in the offering or in that basket. That's not the offering, is it? That's a different basket. Well, I am, again, so excited to be here and thank you. Thank you to those who are joining us online. We're glad you're part of this service and we believe that God is going to do something great in your life as well. Well, congratulations to you for getting up early and coming to church. Yeah, give yourself a hand. Here's what I believe. I believe that uh, those who get up early and come to church, you're going to be the first to get on the bus to go to heaven when Jesus comes. Right? You're early all the time, so Jesus is going to reward that. You'll be first on the bus when he comes. Uh, It is such a thrill to be here. And uh, again, thank you, Pastor Jennifer. Thank you to the team. As I began preparing for uh, this service and next week's, uh, I had seen throughout the year, we, we watch online, not all the time, but we, occasionally we're dear friends with Jennifer. So we just kind of keep up with what's going on and how you guys are. And uh, so I, I've been excited to see the theme for this year, that uh, the living proof. And isn't that what we're supposed to be? Living proof, living proof uh, on our behalf because God is living proof to us from him to us and then from us back to him. So I love this theme and today we're starting a new emphasis and a new focus in August. It is the proof of peace. How many in here would like to have peace? Yeah, the proof of peace. And this is based on the name of God, Jehovah Shalom. We find that in Judges chapter 6 that there was a man named Gideon, a reluctant warrior and leader. If you read through the book of Judges, the, the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon when Gideon is in a wine press. Now, let me describe that for you. In Gideon's day, a wine press was like a big circular vat or something low in the ground. And he's in this wine press trying to separate wheat from chaff. Now, you know how that happens, right? That if you're separating wheat from chaff, you would take a pitchfork or some device and that you would throw it up. You would normally do that outside where there's plenty of wind. The wind would blow away the chaff and the grain would fall. But because of the Midianite army and the threat that they would come in and they did year after year, they would come in and they would take all of the produce. They would take all that the Israelites had made and earned and they would carry it off. So Gideon is trying to protect that for his family. So he's in this place where he can't be seen. He's in a place which is surrounded by walls. So here's what he has to do. I, I, I'm, sometimes my imagination is way too vivid. But here's what I believe had to be happening. Because there's no wind in the wine press. It's a circular enclosed space where they would... Press the wine and get the or grapes and get the juice. So here's what he has to be doing. He has to be taking the fork, throwing it up in the air, and then going, whoosh, right? No benefit of a powered fan. Today, if we had to do that in an enclosed area, we'd get a fan. We'd turn on the fan, we'd throw it up, the, but no fan for Gideon. So Gideon is going, whoosh, and an angel shows up and says, almighty man of valor. And basically Gideon says, who, me? He looked around to see who the angel is talking to. He has this encounter with the angel of the Lord who gives him the task to call Israel back to himself and to defeat the Midianites. So after that encounter, Gideon says, he realizes who he's seen. And he says, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to die because I have seen The face of the Lord so here is where we find this name Jehovah or Yahweh in Hebrew Yahweh Shalom God my peace is in Judges chapter 6 verses 23 and 24 before we read that will you stand with me please and let's pray and we'll read the word together Lord we thank you for your grace your power and your might We come to you now, Holy Spirit, and we ask that you will empower us to hear what you have for us today. May our minds be alert. May our hearts be receptive as we hear from you today what is needed for each of our lives in a unique way. Holy Spirit, we are yours. This is your moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you please stay standing as I read Judges chapter 6, beginning verse 23. But the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord here and called it, the Lord is peace. Will you say that with me? The Lord is peace. He would have literally said, Yahweh, shalom. Will you say with me? Yahweh, shalom. To this day it stands in Ophrah and the Abazirites. Yahweh Shalom. Will you turn to uh, two or three folks around you, give them a great warm welcome, and say to them, The Lord is your peace. Amen. After you do that, you may be seated. When do you most need peace? It's when you don't have it, right? And all of us face storms in our life where peace either disappears or it is threatened. So when you think about the storm of life, has anyone in here ever faced a storm? Uh, We've all seen storms outside. We've seen physical storms. You've probably been in an area where a great storm blew up. Maybe you've gone through a hurricane or a tornado. But all of us face storms in our lives. As we live our day-to-day lives, we face storms uh, of all sorts of situations. We face them sometimes physically. That the doctor gives us a news that causes a storm in our life. Or we face them mentally. Sometimes we face them spiritually. Sometimes we face storms financially. And other times we face storms in relationships. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. You will face the storm. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's coming. So the question is not, will we face a storm or if we will face a storm, but the question is, when will we face a storm? Gideon was facing some major storms. He was about to have to call his own family to repentance and tear down their idols. Now, we all know that family can be difficult, right? Don't say amen too loud if your family's near you. And we know that family can be difficult, and when you begin to tear down some of their falsehoods or their idols, they can be really difficult. He's facing that storm, and then he's facing the Midianite army. Today, here's what uh, I want us to go to the book of Acts, chapter 27. And I want us to learn some principles about how we walk through a storm and how we can experience a storm. And we're going to look at an actual physical storm that the Apostle Paul went through on his way to this city, to Rome, to testify of Jesus, Acts 27. Now this story occupies a couple of chapters, and we're not going to read all of that today, but we're going to read portions. You should have the outline of today's message on a chair near you, that if you would like to grab that outline, you can take notes, you can fill in the blanks. You can play tic-tac-toe, you can write notes to your neighbor, whatever you need to do, but it's there for you if you would like to use it. Acts 27, beginning verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete, then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong, say with me, to whom I belong. Isn't that great news? That you can belong to the Lord. Uh, An angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some, uh, on some island. Here's what I hope you take home with you today. Here's the main point of all that we're going to talk about in the next few moments, is that we can have peace in the storm we can have peace in the storm. That's good news for those who face storms. Now, if you don't ever face a storm, this might be boring to you. But if you face a storm, if you have faced a storm, when you do face a storm, you need to know that peace is available in the storm. How does that happen? That happens, uh, first of all, because in the storm, God speaks to us. Have you ever seeing a child who was nervous because of a physical storm, thunder and lightning. When that happens, all they need to do is hear the voice of their mom or their dad, that when they speak to them and say, it's okay, all is well, they begin to calm. They begin to rest. And we need to understand today that when the storm rages in our life, now this storm that Paul and these companions had been in is called a nor'easter in the Bible. It says it was of hurricane-force winds and that they had been in this storm for two weeks. They hadn't eaten. They hadn't slept because of the storm. And it's in the midst of the storm that we experience peace when we hear God's voice speak to us. Verse 24. said, don't be afraid, Paul. Don't be afraid. You must stand before Caesar. When we think about God speaking to us, why would God speak to us today? He speaks to us because he's with us. That was really good news. Let me try this side. He speaks to us because he is with us. God's not somewhere afar off. He's paying attention to your life because he is with you in your life. Let me remind you of the promise that was given In Matthew chapter 1, it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Say it again. God with us. God's not somewhere far off. God hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't turned his eye away from you. He speaks to us because he is with us. Matthew 28 verse 20, one of the last things Jesus says to his disciples before he ascends to the Father is that I am with you always. I am with you always. Isn't that great news? That means you can't run fast enough or far enough that he won't be with you. You can't climb high enough, you can't descend low enough that he is not with you. The psalmist writes about that, that if I go to the mountain I find you, if I go into the deepest valley, there you are. why? Because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. You see, he speaks to us, because He is with us. But then what does he say? How does he speak to us? People affect us in the way they speak to us, don't they? How many of you have dogs you have a dog at your house somewhere you had dogs that's all listen I was pretty sure everyone in Rome had at least three dogs because everywhere I go there are dogs everywhere April and I went to the grocery store yesterday and the grocery store we went to had grocery carts that had a place for the dog I don't see that in the United States So the guy's pushing his little, now here he is, a manly man, right? A manly man pushing his cart through the aisles at the grocery store with his little wannabe starter dog, his little fluffy dog. And I'm saying, come on, guy. But uh, when you think about how people like their dogs, you know, you can say to a dog anything in the right voice, and that dog will be happy. It'll wag its tail, it'll be excited. Now, people are normally saying nice things to the dog when that happens, they are saying, oh, you're such a pretty little dog. You are so nice, they're smiling, they're talking gently. But you could say to that dog, you are the ugliest thing I have ever seen. You are worthless, I don't know why I spend my money to buy you food and that dog would still be wagging his tail. So what does God say to us? What does He say to us? You see, God speaks to us. we can have peace in the storm because God speaks to us hope. Hope. Hope is not wishing. Hope is not maybe. Hope is a confident awareness and assurance that God's going to do good in our lives. That's what the angel says to Paul. They're two weeks into this storm. The angel says, Don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to be all right. He speaks hope. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God, all things. Somebody say, All things. things. Turn to your neighbor, tell them all things. things. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them "All all things. All things. With God, all things are possible. Isn't that great news? He speaks to us not only hope, but he speaks to us promise. Promise. The angel says to Paul, you're not going to die. And not only are you not going to die, but neither is anyone on this ship. You're all going to be saved. The ship's going to be lost, but you're going to be saved. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Many of you probably have this scripture memorized, or you have it on a plaque at your home. But here's what it says. For I know the plans I have for you. Do you know God has plans for you? You're not just moving through life. God has plans for you today. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Somebody needs to hear that. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Why can you have peace in the storm? Because God speaks to us. Secondly, because God directs us. God directs us in the storm. In verses 25 and 26 of what we read, we recognize that God is directing him even in the midst of the storm, that God is directing Paul and he is directing his life. Verse 25, Paul says, we must run aground on some island. He says, all of us are going to be saved. The good news is we're all going to be saved. The bad news is the ship's going to be lost. Listen, sometimes we think when the ship is lost that all is lost. The ship is not important. The souls that are in the ship and on the ship, that's what's important. We get so distracted by all the stuff around us. We get distracted by where we live, what we drive, what we do. We need to recognize that it is people who are important. That was good. Let me try it over here. People are important. Stuff is not. Houses can be replaced. Automobiles can be replaced. All sorts of electronics can be replaced. It's people that matters. God directs us in the midst of our lives. Maybe you felt like me sometimes and you didn't know what God was doing in your life. Ever felt that way? Have you ever said to God, I don't know what you're up to? Have you ever said to God, I don't like what you're up to? Come on now. Yeah, but well, we need to recognize, even in the storm, that God is directing our lives. Let me give you some good news God knows where He's taking you in the storm. That was for somebody. God knows where He is taking you in the storm. We may not know where God is taking us, but God knows where He is taking us. I can be sure that God is directing me in the storm in spite of the uncertainty of my circumstances. See, God directs us, so therefore we must keep up our courage. God directs, we remain courageous. Verse 25, Paul says to those who are with him keep up your courage. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And then if you keep reading, the next part of the next verse says, do everything in love. Be on your guard, stand firm, be courageous. You see, God directs us, and because he directs us, we can be courageous. I am the youngest of three children My brother, who was about eight years older than me, uh, obviously was bigger than me, stronger than me, faster than me, not as pretty as me. And when I was a kid, I would go anywhere with him because he was big and strong. So I would walk into the face of any enemy as long as my brother was with me. I was courageous. The neighborhood bullies, they didn't bother me if my brother was with me. In fact, I'd walk by their house. And I might say as long as my brother's standing beside me, na-na-na-na-nu-nu. No, no. Now, if I was by myself, I might run by quickly. I might go by quietly. I might try not to be noticed. But when my brother was with me, I was full of courage. Come on, I dare you. I dare you. Come on. Can I remind us today that our brother is with us and his name is Jesus. Our brother is with us and we can have courage not because of who we are but because of who he is. That we can have courage because he won't fail us now. We can have courage today. Also, Paul tells them have faith in God. You see, when you're courageous, you can also be a person... Who has faith, who believes in what God is doing in your life, who is standing before Him knowing that He will do what is good and what is right in our lives. One of the theme verses for your church this year is out of Psalm 27. And it's in fact one of my favorite verses. When I first arrived this morning, I was wearing a t shirt with the first half of that verse on it. And here's what that verse says. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can anybody have that same testimony? That I am confident that I am still going to see the goodness of the Lord. My circumstances may be bad. My situation may be dire. But I am confident of this. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in this side of heaven. On this side of heaven, I'm going to see and experience the goodness of God. And then thirdly, today we can have peace in the storm because God doesn't waste our storms. We don't always know why God's sending us through the storm. But God doesn't waste our storms. He knows why he's taking us through the storm. And then Acts chapter 27 If you have those verses, just go ahead and let them scroll behind me. For sake of time, I won't take time to read verses 42 through 44. you have them in your notes that you can go uh, home and read later if you wish. But God doesn't waste our storms. You see, it is in our storms that he uses us to see other people saved. You see, God doesn't waste our storms. When he takes us into a storm... He has an idea that our lives will impact other lives and that people will be saved. In Paul's case, 276 people are saved because of Paul. God had purpose and destiny for Paul's life. So guess what? 275 other people get to walk out of that water with him. There are people in your life that as you walk through a storm, God intends for you to impact them and that that they too will be saved. Who are we saved from? We're saved from those who would harm us. In that passage, because there are many prisoners on this ship, and because those Roman soldiers who are guarding those on that ship are charged with delivering them to Rome that rather than not being able to do that because they're afraid that the prisoners will swim away, they decide we're going to kill them. We're just going to kill them so that we'll be okay with our commanders when we land in Rome. But because Paul is there, because Paul is there, because Paul is there, you see, some of you have got some because you're there. Because you're there, your family, oh, are you hearing me? Your family is going to be impacted and saved because you're there. There are people on your job who are going to be impacted and saved. Because you're there, people are going to receive the blessings of what God's doing in your life because you are there. Save from those who would harm us, but then save from the enemy who would destroy us. Oh, I wish I had time to preach this morning. You keep going to Acts chapter 28 and continue to read this story. The the shipwreck happens. It's torn apart. All of these people make their way on shore. They come up on the shore at an island called Malta. And when they get there, the townspeople come out. And they build a fire for them. They give them hospitality. And because apparently Paul was not anyone to just sit idly by... The apostle Paul is out gathering sticks for the fire. And he goes to the fire with his stack of sticks. And he goes to lay that on the fire. And the Bible says, because of the heat, somebody say, because of the heat. Because of the heat, a viper comes out and grabs a hold of his hand. The people around are saying, oh, this guy must be really bad. This guy must be a murderer. Because their words, not mine, the goddess Justice is not going to let him live. So they see this viper, this snake, bite his hand. I don't know about you. But if I had just come through a shipwreck, found my way through a stormy sea to a piece of land, and then I'm snake-bitten after that? I'm saying, God, come on. Wasn't the shipwreck enough? Wasn't the two weeks of storm enough? And now this, but you know what Paul does? Paul said, hmm. And he shakes it off in the fire. There's some things you need to shake off. There's some things you need to shake off. You need to shake off some of the things somebody said about you. You need to shake off some of your own failures. You need to shake off some of the things that drag you and hold you down. The enemy's trying to destroy you, and all you have to do is shake it off. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Somebody ought to do some shaking in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. They said, huh? We're going to wash him. He didn't get sick, he didn't swell. So they went from saying he must be a murderer to saying he must be a god. You see, God doesn't waste our storms. We're saved from those who would harm us, we're saved from the enemy who would destroy us. Isaiah 54:17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody, you you see the army gathering around you, you see the storm clouds rolling. You just know that no weapon formed against you is going to prevail. It's not going to prosper. But not only are people saved, but people are healed. Verses 8 and 9, there's the father of the leader of this island who is sick. (laughs) This is fun. The leader takes these folks to his house, and he cares for them, provides them hospitality. Paul hears that the father is sick. Paul goes and prays for him. The Bible says that he laid his hand on him. Don't miss that. The enemy tried to destroy him at his hand. The enemy tried to kill him at his hand. And now Paul's using that very same hand to lay his hand on this man, praise for him, and he is healed. What the enemy thought would destroy you would become the very tool that God uses for the salvation, healing, and deliverance of those who are all around you. Can I remind us today that God still heals? He heals physically, he heals emotionally, he heals spiritually. Our God today heals. James 5 says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise him up. And then God is glorified. People from all over this island begin to bring their sick family and friends and God heals them. Matthew 5:16 Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, what do we do today? What do I do today? Receive God's peace in the storm. You can have peace in the storm because God will speak to you, God will direct you, and God's not going to waste that storm. Receive God's peace. How do you do that? First of all, it begins by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That if you don't know Jesus, today I want to invite you to accept him. Worship team, will you guys come on? Today I want to invite you that the very first way you begin to receive this peace in the storm is by receiving Jesus in your life. So I want to pray a simple prayer. You can keep your eyes open. You can look around because I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer. And if you don't know Jesus, this prayer, we're praying this prayer for you. And I'd like for you to pray this prayer out loud so anyone who needs to pray it can feel the confidence to pray it. Not a moment, we're going we're to do some other things. But if you don't know Jesus, peace begins when you know him. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, come on, say it like you mean it. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today. Today. I recognize that you are my peace.
0: I recognize that you are my peace.
1: That you're my Savior.
0: That you're my Savior. And my Lord. And my Lord.
1: I ask you now.
0: I ask you now.
1: To forgive me. To forgive me. To forgive me of all my sins. Of
0: all my sins.
1: Save me. Save me. Deal me with your spirit.
0: Heal me with your spirit.
1: I choose. I choose. To turn from that which is wrong.
0: To turn from that which is wrong. Help me
1: to do what's right.
0: Help me to do what's right.
1: I believe in you.
0: I believe in you.
1: And I confess with my mouth.
0: And I confess with my mouth. That you are Lord. That you are Lord.
1: Come be my Lord now. Come be
0: my Lord now.
1: And always. And always. In your name I pray.
0: In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Come on, somebody celebrate. Today, if you're walking through a storm, there's peace for you peace for you. Will you all stand with me please across the room? Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. Good situations, bad situations, fun situations, miserable situations. In every situation, in every circumstance, Make your prayer and petition with thanksgiving and present your request to God. Here's what the Bible says, and the peace of God. Come on, say it with me. And the peace of God. Not my peace. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Guard our hearts. Why? Because that's where we feel the conflict, the lack of peace. That's where it begins to kind of roll within us. So today, if you need the peace of God, it transcends all understanding in your heart. Right there where you stand, will you just take your hand and place it over your heart? And will you ask Him with your own words? Lord, give me peace in my heart. I'm going to say it out loud. Lord, give me peace in my heart. Give me your peace. Pray. And then in your mind, the mind can be a great thing, the mind can be a bad thing, can't it? Your mind can take you places that you really don't need to go. You take your hand and now Touch your head and ask the Lord to give you peace in your mind, to give you his peace. Come on, ask him. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Oh, we ask for the peace of our minds. Calm us, Lord. Calm our thoughts. Calm our fears. In your name we pray. your eyes closed and please no one looking around please make this a private moment today if you accepted Jesus you invited him into your heart and life I just want to pray with you for you will you raise your hands for anyone today say today I, I accepted the Lord those of you who are online send a message today I accepted Jesus we'll reach out to you, we'll help you then. It's,
0: go ahead. Well, isn't the Word of God amazing? It's life-giving, it's faith-breathing, it's transpiring your destiny for this week. I want you to know that every time I make a video for you, I invite you to join me to agree together for what God wants to do in your life. So the first thing I want to do is say, you know what, maybe there's been some things in your life this week Maybe something in the message you listen to makes you realize, God, I need to give you a new commitment. Jesus, I need to trust you in a brand new way. Maybe he needs to redeem some things in your circumstance. I want to invite you right now to pray with me and to send me an email that you have prayed this prayer because I want you to know you're not going to do this faith journey alone. And he is going to help you do it in a brand new way. So agree with me and pray with me. After I pray, you pray, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you, I invite you right now to take full authority in my life. Forgive me for anything that has taken me off course. Forgive me and help me to trust you in every way. Lord, from this day forward, for the rest of my days, I will keep holding your hand, holding on to your word, and trusting you with every detail of my life. Today Jesus, you say it, today Jesus, I belong to you, and I receive your love and your healing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer with me. I want you to send us an email. I've got people that have been online that have walked into the church campus and said, that was me, and now I'm here, and I need community of faith. So I also want to pray this prayer with you because I believe that your miracle is in motion, and I believe that in this summer, God is wanting to do something new in each of us, and our miracles are in motion. Our lives are in motion. We're in new seasons, but He hasn't walked away. He's walking right beside us. And so I want to pray with you for whatever you have need of. And I want you to know that when you write us, we are praying for you. You are not doing this life or this journey or this process alone. So, Father, right now, I pray for your son and your daughter that are watching online on campus. I pray for the ones who are traveling. I pray for the ones who are moving to Rome and looking for that place to belong. I pray for the ones who are watching online and saying today, God, I needed a word from you. Let this be the word right now, Lord Jesus, that you're with your daughter, that you're with her family. God, let this be the word for your son, that you have a calling on his life, that you're with him, that you're walking with him, that anointing and favor is upon him. And Lord, for that miracle in motion, whether it be physical or financial or relational, let your child of faith say, Lord, I will keep trusting you. So, Father, I thank you for the miracle in motion. I thank you for the supernatural intervention and in everything your child needs. And I pray that in this moment, faith would feel alive and fresh and we have a new outlook for the week ahead. I love you and I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So now I want to say, don't forget to write. Don't forget to join us online. Thank you for what you're doing to be a part of our global, worldwide family. God is doing miracles, and you're a part of it. I love you.